Now, Dr. 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 Applejaws is not as refreshing as lemonade. Hey! Well, hello everybody. How are you? This is uh, Story for Limits podcast. Uh, exciting to be here today. Again, the Story for Limits podcast. This is a podcast for for anyone, uh, but this for the uh, the new people coming up in our business, uh, the voluntary uh, benefits world. Um, but also from the housewife to the CEO, people who have been through anything. We, we get people on here and they talk about different kinds of stories um, and making lemonade uh, from lemons. So uh, today, my co-host Al Ryder's on here with me. Al, how are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm still, in, I'm still in Denver, Colorado, where it's always amazing. 300 days of sun. There it is. Al's, our, uh, Al's a territory manager out in Colorado. Uh, developing people, making things happen. And today, Al, who we got on here today? What I got with me today is one of my district general agents, DGA. Uh, that is Mr. Christian Stout. So I'm going to take just a second and kind of introduce uh, Christian to you all. Christian is a, um, a district general agent. He's been with me now for about a year and a half. Um, and a little something about Christian. He's 25 years old. 25, right, Christian? Just turned 26. Just turned 26. Christian's 26 years old, um, married to one of the most fantastic women you'll ever meet in your life. And uh, and uh, Christian has been an absolute rock star at the DGA roles, um, something that, um, you know, we don't really think of as, as a 25 or 26-year-old's job. But, uh, Christian, I'm going to let you uh, take a second and kind of explain why, or rather, how you got here. So thank you, Al, for the, the intro. Appreciate you, Dale, for having me on today. Uh, how, I, yeah. how I got here today, it was a bit of a funny story, so... I've always been in commission sales. I've been in commission door-to-door sales really since I was 16. My dad had a roofing company, and he taught me that if you ever, if you want it, you need to go get it. And so, uh, going into sales, I love the hunt. I love chasing things. And funny thing is, I met my wife in high school, and we dated for a while. And finally, I somehow convinced her to tie the knot with me, and uh, I finally closed her down. You could say in July of 2017. So. When we got married, uh, I quickly realized that I no longer am in control of my life. And I remember the day that I realized that, I told my wife, hey, I'm going to go out and see the boys. And she said no. And that changed the whole way and the whole perspective of how I viewed the world. So uh, she then also followed that up with, Christian, you're no longer doing commission sales. You're no longer going to go and do a fake job. You need to go get a real job and get a salary. So I go, yes, ma'am, on my resume. Uh, at the time, I put it up in big, bold, red letters, no commission. Big, red at the top, underlined, uh, just, it, I made it almost obnoxious where you had to see it, no commission. And uh, I got a phone call from a gal named Wendy Rose. She was our corporate recruiter at the time with Colonial Life. And she goes, hey, Christian, I see your resume. I go, uh, okay, um, I, I am looking. So she said, okay, perfect. And I also see that you're not looking for a commission job. And I laughed, and I wanted to make that absolutely uh, apparent, Wendy. Thanks for thanks for seeing that. She goes, well, I have a commission job for you. 
And uh, I, I laugh. I think that's hilarious. And I go, well, I'm really not interested. And she just pushes, Christian, you really need to come see this. You really need to come hear us out. Uh, just the opportunity we have. Just just come and hear us. And I go, okay, what the heck? The fact that she was bold enough to ask me, I mean, it'll only be 30 minutes. What else do I have to lose? I come in. I see the office. And I see this bald, handsome guy named Al Ryder standing there. Uh, and we go through the interview. And I just fell in love with with the opportunity, the culture, what Colonial Life represented and what they were really asking me to do, and especially with them wanting to take a chance on me as a DGA. I mean, they, they, they see me, they see that I've been in sales. Yes, I've ran sales teams. I've done a lot. I'm only, I was only 24 at the time, but I've done a lot. I had a lot of experience, but it's just the fact that they were willing to take a chance on me meant everything to yeah. me. So I told them I had to think about it. It wasn't whether or not I, I wanted the job. It was how the hell am I going to convince my newlywed that I'm now going against the one thing that she forbade me to do, which is go get a 100% commission job. So uh, obviously, every single time I wake up, she's still laying there. So she, she, she's some. I'm, I, it was a hard sell. Okay, I closed her down, but she's still on board and she's still good. But uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride, and I'm excited to be here. Hey Christian, after hearing that story, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But I was also done with Christian with uh, commission sales. Um, I had been in the uh, broker. I had worked in TNC, worked at New York Life, State Farm. I had done a lot of different insurance sales, and uh, I was done with it as well, and got recruited heavily by Colonial, and came in and met just to so they would stop calling me. Came in and met with. My my original DGA, and the only reason I took the job was because of her as well. Yep. Um, I wanted I more wanted to work with her than I wanted to work with Colonial. But uh, since that time, um, I have learned to love this job, love what we do, and love the people here. Can you tell us a little bit um, about your experience since you came on 2017? Maybe some. Um, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, what, give us some dirt on that. Yeah, so, I mean, especially at the beginning, it's with anything, when you try something new. My first three months were brutal, and I mean, when I convinced my wife to, to allow me to do this, I, I send a text to Wendy at, on a Friday saying that I'm in, let's do this, and, uh, really, it took me almost a month to get contracted. I passed my test in three days. And uh, it was just for some reason the background was taking forever. So it was every single week having to resell the opportunity and resell what they believed in me in to my wife. I mean, every Wednesday when it came, she goes, oh, okay, not another, a, another paycheck hasn't showed up? Okay, okay, oh, still another paycheck? Yep, no, okay, up, nothing, no, up, up, up. And we were in a really tight financial spot. And I think the really only thing that kept me going was the fact that that our writer believed that I was bigger than what I thought I was. And to have someone believe in you like that, it just uh, it gave me the courage to want to keep fighting. And so eventually when money started showing up, then hallelujah. And then we have to go through this thing of now I have to bring a, a manager in. A couple weeks later, we have a manager come in, Cody Allison. He was my uh, ADM at the time. And uh, 
me, I have to try to manage this kid. And I just said, hey, look, let's just lock arms and let's just be business partners and grow this thing. I don't know what can happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that we're going to make it. We're going to be successful. So we just go and get it. And it was a grind. I mean, you're getting doors shut on you. You're uh, in the hiring process. You're trying to bring people on and they say, uh, well, how long have you been here? And I go, I've been contracted for two weeks, but it's a, it's a great opportunity. Let's do it. Come on. And uh, the the only reason that we were able to get through all that is because we had the backing and support of the team. I mean, uh, yes, Colonial. I mean, direct sales in any co- in any company is difficult, but the fact that we have a corporate office, we have W two uh, corporate employees that are here to support us and grow us. The fact that we had all the support from home office and just everyone genuinely wanted us to grow. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about bringing premium in. Uh, it was it was wanting to build Christian Stout, and that's really why we our district is where it is now, and that's why we put so much emphasis and time on personal development because we're not here to build a big money, we're here to big build people. So, Christian, if you don't mind me taking a second to ask you something here, that's going to probably go back a little bit, but I remember when we had that first meeting together. Um, so one of the things that attracted us to Christian, we were looking actually for somebody that had a sports background, and Christian had played collegiate-level soccer and uh, and was very, very competitive, and I could see that fire in his eye that the moment he walked into the room that he had this, this, this competitive spirit about him. But I remember saying to Christian at the interview, and I want to see if you remember what it was, Christian, I said you had to accomplish two things if you wanted to play on my team. What were those two things? It was, uh, I believe it was set 10 appointments uh, in a week or something, and then also to get the uh, to pass your test in a week, right? That's right. Yeah. What, did you, what did you accomplish? Well, I passed my test in three days, and I said, I think it was 12 appointments. Is that I? That, that I is exactly what it was. It was 12 appointments. And at that point, when, when Christian talks about uh, me believing in him or whatever he had said, uh, which I appreciate, um, I he was able to prove to me that I had a reason to believe in him at that point. And once that happened, um, I knew that I was going to put him on my shoulders and carry him wherever he needed to go, and and always will. So, uh, thanks for that, Christian. Mm-hmm. I got. I'm going to throw one more thing in that has almost nothing to do with Colonial. What do you? What do you? What's going on with your wife right now? You got some kind of exciting things going on with your wife. Yeah, she uh, is graduating from the Metropolitan State University of Denver for her bachelor's in nursing. So she's going to get an RN in December. And the funny thing is uh, it took me seven years to drop out of school, and it took her about the same time to finally get it. So uh, she she was going to be a teacher, and then she changed her mind, and then she was going to be something else and changed her mind, and then she landed on a nursing program. And luckily we uh, have been able to put her through school without having to take any student loans. Uh, a little bit of support from her family, but just on us being able to take that on. And because Christian failed to answer that question right, I'm going to ask him that question again. She will have a certificate. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's even more important. So, <laughs> uh, we are finalizing the process for my wife to uh, uh, get her citizenship and, uh, and, and everything with the United States, which is awesome. So uh, there, there was a... It was a fun process, a difficult process, but it's just the girl's a fighter, and I can't give up because if I do, I'm afraid she might leave me for someone better looking. So we'll we'll see. (laughs) So Christian, I remember when I first started, I started a couple years before you, but uh, I started in January of 15, and in May 2015, uh, one of my checks came in, and it was for 26 cents. (laughs) And... 
I remember my wife kind of giving me this, did you move to a nonprofit and not tell me? And I got the picture. <laughs> and, you know, things drastically changed. Um, I, as a leader, you know, you have to oftentimes say, well, what do I need to change? Um, this isn't working or that person's not succeeding or whatever. So that falls back on me. What, what do I have to, what do I have to do? It sounded like you had kind of a rough couple months right at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about what kept you going, um, what self-reflection you had to do, um, because the hardest thing to do uh, is to go home at night or go home on those Wednesdays when you know there's nothing in your bank account. Um, so even with a even with a supportive spouse, that's a tough um, thing for for guys well, for people to do. So tell us a little bit about what can be going, what self reflection you had to do, um, how that worked, that process. Talk a little bit about that, would you? Well, um, there. Honestly, it was just taking a look at the. I guess you can call it the staircase, right? So uh, you see people that are making millions. You see the Glenn Pierces. You see the guys that are just absolutely crushing the business. Um, but a, a big, a big person that I followed was was uh, was Heath, and um, yeah. him out in out in Texas watching his videos. I, I remember spending nights uh, just memorizing his his presentation, memorizing how he does interviews, memorizing how he goes to the wheel, watching it. Because when he started, all it was is he was just some young kid that became successful because all it was is that he was given a task and he went and did it. And he surprised people because people generally just believe, oh, no, it's impossible. Or you can't do it or you can't do this, that, and another. I mean, uh, my my success with the previous industry that I was in, it was simply I, – I remember when I started and they said, okay, Christian, go and call. Who's the number one person that you think would buy from you right now? And I go, well, I don't know, my grandma likes me. And uh, they say, okay, call up your grandma. And so I call my grandma and I sell my grandma like some type of cell phone service or whatever the heck we were doing at the time. And uh, that, that, that was the number one reason why I was successful. It was just a matter of if I said that I was going to do it, then I did it. Al challenged me with uh, certain metrics to hit. I did it. Al told me to go do the activity. I did it. I wasn't. I did, I honestly hated drops back then, so I would just sit on the phone. But I was beating the phones up every single day, uh, every single hour of the day to set those appointments. I mean, it was simply, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's that. But I'm building something that was bigger than myself. That was it. And so when my wife would come and yell at me. It was and it was it was very very difficult emotionally and really the only thing that kept us going was that I I, I said that I was going to do this I have people that believe that believe in me more than I believe in myself and I have an opportunity that is bigger than myself and I need to become the person that's ready so I just need to go to work and every single time that she would say it's just like babe are you do you want to be taken care of now or do you want to be taken care of later do you want to struggle now or do you want to struggle later what's the question. And it was just reminding her that it's okay that we're eating frozen food. It's okay that we have everything due and we can't afford. We don't know where rent's coming. It's okay that we're living in your parents' basement. It's okay that we're doing this. Because when we have multiple houses and we have people that look up to us and we've changed hundreds and thousands of people's lives, it's okay because when we can look at what we were. So it's just remembering that, yeah, these the staircase, the steps are difficult. You don't know where it's going. 
but it's just the long-term vision. It's it's going to take care of us later on. And yes, it's okay to struggle right now because we're not going to struggle anytime later on. Christian, if you don't mind taking a second to explain to me, um, where did you live when I found you? <laughs> um, because of the, the process of helping my wife with uh, getting her, her uh, residency, citizenship, all that, I had to actually move in with her parents. So when we started this job, I was living in my – no, actually, the funny thing was uh, I wasn't living in the basement. I was living in – if you picture – I might be rambling at this time. But uh, if you if you picture Paula's parents' house, you had our room that was shaped kind of like a pizza. It was a little little pizza slice, a triangle room. And then you have a very thin wall, and you have her parents on one side. And then you have a very thin wall, and then you have her little sister on one side. And we – we, uh, I remember at night we were, uh, I was reading to Paula and her mom actually called Paula and told her, Hey, keep it down. And I go, Oh heaven, you heard that? Oh my gosh. Okay. We need to get out of here. We need to stop doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so there's his newlywed story for you. And, uh, so Christian is now got his own place and is doing very well. And, mm-hmm. um, Christian, uh, go ahead. I actually, uh, go ahead with a question, Dale. I'm curious, you know, I played sports as well. And I'm super competitive. And so coming right out of the gate, it doesn't sound like you were the best uh, for your competitive spirit-wise. I'm just curious as to how you – sounds like you just um, were able to see the bigger picture. But sometimes, sometimes in sports, it's really hard to see that bigger picture when you feel like you're failing. Um, where did you get that sense of maturity? Where did where does that bigger picture? Where does that come from? Well, I remember we, when we I got people on this. Go we got people on this call that are that are that are failing, and we got people on this call that are that have played sports that are competitive, and we got people that are listening to this that are saying, uh, "If I don't get a paycheck next week, I'm out." Or and I loved what you said, which was, um, "If we keep grinding." Uh, we're going to be the ones that people come to. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the ones that people um, ask advice from. Because here you are, right, three, two years later, and you're on a call talking to people about the very stuff that you were struggling with. So um, where did that come from? Um, where did you get that maturity from? Where where did you get that mindset from? Who, who mentored you? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it goes into just my career in soccer and track. So... In high school, I was the, the typical super arrogant kid that really didn't have to go to practice because I was just naturally talented. I was naturally the best on the team. I was the naturally the, the fastest runner on the 4x8 teams and the 800s, 400s, miles, that, that, the, the mid-range. And because I was just naturally there, I always thought, well, well, hey, I just can have things handed to me and I don't really have to work hard for it. And uh, the changing moment for me was in high school – my senior year, uh, we were having we were setting school records for the four by eight team. We were crushing it. We were projected to be to win state and go to nationals. And the coach that we had, uh, we had a we had a meet, and I was I missed the meet. I don't remember what I was doing. I was probably hanging out with girls or doing something. Honestly, I just really was not doing what I was supposed to do. But that Monday uh, when we were supposed to come for practice, the coach pulls me aside and says, "You're done." And I laugh. I look at him and go, well, uh, 
I'm, I'm the best on the team. I'm the best this, that, and another. So maybe you should think about that. And he said, nope, give me your jersey. You're done. You're off the team. And so I go to other coaches. I'm, I'm running around. I'm talking to people. And they go, no, he's the one that says it, I, I guess. And everyone was pissed off and everyone was frustrated. But he cut me from the team my senior year. My senior year when I was going to go to state, recognize for nationals, probably get a track scholarship, all of this. And he cut me. So when I had all these dreams to, to, to do this, they were taken away from me because it no longer was dependent on my natural ability. It was dependent on my attitude and how I perceived the world. Wow. And so I took that and I realized that, you know what, I, this was, I thought, my end, but I have another sport that I'm great at, which is soccer. Let's, let's make it happen with soccer. So I then dedicate myself to, to, to soccer that season. I became captain. I, I was the number one guy. We crush it. I end up getting recruited, and I received a full-ride a full ride scholarship to go to Oregon State to go play soccer for them. And uh, I ended up having just a lot of family issues at that time, and I ended up having to turn down the scholarship. Uh, we negotiated with the coach for me to instead go and work at a junior college uh, instead. So – uh, long story short, where, where I was going with this is when I was when I graduated high school and I was going to go play for the JUCO. In my head, I imagined myself to be the worst player there, and I would have to work my butt off to become the best player there. And when I showed up, I was the best player there, and it was frustrating to me. I wanted I I always like competing. I always like having goals. I always like having people to chase after, and they weren't there. So what I had to do is I had to look for other places for me to get motivated. So eventually then I go and play for Metro. But how that relates to Colonial is when I started, honestly, I don't know if I had really anyone to play with. The biggest DGA that we had focused on the broker model, and I couldn't follow that. And then we had a couple other DGAs that did their own thing, but no one truly ran the system that Al wanted. So I had no one to focus on. I had no one to mentor me. I had no one to help me besides Al. And Al, because he believed in me and gave me the opportunity, all I did is I just went to work and I just put my nose to the ground and did the, the basic things that he asked me to do, which is the Colonial Life system. And because we did that, that's why we are here today. I didn't focus on other people. I didn't focus on that the office is broken. I didn't focus on that I was the only one in call clinics. I didn't focus on that nonsense. I focused on what Al told me to do, and I just went to work. And that's why things are the way they are now. That's so amazing. Christian, if I'm a new DGA, what, what advice are you going to give me? Uh, I, would, I would say put the blinders on, don't listen to the nonsense, and just go to work. Um, it's, this opportunity is amazing. It is, it is difficult, but it does take work. So don't look for this wishy-washy way of trying to shortcut things or find out ways to recruit a million people or find out ways to have leads get sent to you. Just go do the work. Go make phone calls. Go do drops. Hire people and do the boring stuff over and over again until you have what you want. Oh, Al, that was so good. Do the boring stuff. Oh, I love that. <laughs> one of the things All I right, preach Christian. here. One of the things I preach here that I actually stole from Craig Miller is is uh, uh, Craig Miller is a senior territory manager overseeing Chicago and a lot of the Midwest. And one of the things I stole from is is from him is consistently boring. Your life should be consistently boring. You do the same thing at the same time, uh, no matter how exciting or boring it is. And the next day, you do the same thing at the same time, no matter how boring it is. Well, you got it from Kent Sherman. I, yeah. Also, I mean, Kent Sherman, when I asked him, I said, what's the secret sauce? 
And he said, the secret sauce is to stop looking for secret sauce and just go to work. And I was like, dang. There you go. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's it. There is no secret. Everyone that's made it big has literally done the work and put in the time, and it's simply that. Yep. Someone has more time than you. That's it. Man, Christian, you have been so good on this call. I appreciate it. You're going to have You're going to really bless a lot of people that listen to this podcast. So let me – this is kind of our, our – uh, secret sauce question that we end with. Um, what would you say to someone who thinks they've been dealt a bad hand or they've been given limits? What do you say to that person? Uh, I say that it's it's all about the mindset and how you take it. So that just reminded me of uh, a story that I heard where there was, uh, there was these two identical kids. They were twins. And their father was an abusive alcoholic a drunk that uh, – would beat their mother and I think he eventually killed their mother and went to jail and the two kids if you look at them they look physically the same but their lifestyles are completely different and I think that no matter what you have going on in life it's how you take it because one kid ended up going down the route of his father he is now an alcoholic he's an abusive husband he and is probably forecasted to go to jail as well and when uh, No, I think he actually did go to jail. And when they asked him uh, why he got there, he said, well, how else was I supposed to do it? My dad was an alcoholic, and he was an abusive husband, so, of course, that's how I was raised. Now, right. if you take a look at the other brother, who, again, is an identical twin, he's a CEO, he owns multiple properties, he's massively successful, doesn't drink, doesn't abuse any type of substance, and he gives back. He's very, very charitable. And... They asked him the same question saying, why, uh, what if your brother and you went through the exact same experiences, look exactly the same and were given the exact same opportunities, why are you here and why is he in jail? And the answer was, it's because my – well, of course, my dad – what else would I – what else could I do? My dad was abusive, drunk. Why would I want to be that way? Of course not. And so they had very, very similar questions – or very, very similar answers, but their mentality and mindset of how they perceived their out, the, the outcome and perceived their, their surroundings – was just textbook completely different. So if you're given a bad hand, remember that there's other kids that are living at their parents' basement and can't make love to the wife without being worried that, that the parents are going to hear them. Uh, that everyone has challenges. It depends on how you take it and, and just grow with it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Thank you guys.